Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories from my recent trip to Roatan, along with the regular airline stories. We have stories about the TSA, sweets, dogs, husbands, bats, thieves, and copperheads. The music for the show I recorded on a two-day layover in Dusseldorf. So it's kind of like the sounds of Dusseldorf, Germany. We have church bells and street music, and let's get on with the show. This was cute. This person I was flying with, um, when you're taking the meal orders, you're supposed to say the person's name. And it's always difficult because lots of times people's names are difficult, right? They're difficult. So she says that she looks at it first. She looks at all the names first and tries to say them in her head. So she's not trying to say them for the first time to the person. Oh, that is a really good idea. I might take that on. I might start using that. So she went up to this man dressed nice. And she said, Mr. Raymond Iv." What would you like to have for your meal, Mr. In the rest of the trip, she's like, okay, Mr. Raymondiv, Mr. Raymondiv. Thank you, Mr. Raymondiv. Are you finished with your meal, Mr. Raymondiv? <laughs> Later on when the flight it says, what are you calling him? And she said, Mr. Raymondiv. And she's like, the other flight attendant's like, that's Usher, Usher the singer, Usher. And his last name, his name is Usher Raymond the (laughs) Fourth. But she said where she, where it was, it just said Raymond IV. There was no space or anything. So for the whole flight, and he never corrected her, which is very nice of him, he was going by Mr. Raymondiv. So I was traveling to Roatan, and uh, when We have some shortcuts you can take as a crew member, like known crew member, but um, I try to follow the rules. And one of the rules is if you're traveling internationally, you cannot do that. So 
you know, you could sneak into it because nobody's asking you where you're going, but I'm not doing no sneaking here. No sneaking. <laughs> Don't want to get in trouble. So I'm going in the regular TSA line, but I do have pre-check. But here's the problem. I was in Atlanta and the pre-check line used to be the good line, right? Well, I guess everybody's gotten pre-check. And now this, I looked at the line. Now, granted, I was early. Uh, and I was like, oh boy. So we're talking like an hour. There were like a hundred snaking lines and people that weren't even in the line. So like when I got in the line, not even got to the lines of snake. So, okay. Um, and there's a guy, there are some P TSA people that like to yell. They yell and they're also into control. And you know, you see it, you know, have your bags out. Don't do this. Make sure there's nothing out of your pockets. Nothing out of your pockets. <laughs> nothing in your pocket. You know, anyway, they're yelling. So there's a guy yelling and he's going, have your passport and boarding passes out in your hand, not in your pocket, not in your bag. Have your boarding pass and passports in your hand, in your hand. He's doing it over and over again. Now, a lot of people are probably thinking, you yeah, know, well, we have like an hour of snaking lines here. So... What's the point of having my passport out because you got such a long wait? But I'm I I'm a rule follower. <laughs> I follow the rules. And he's yelling, have your passport and boarding passes out. So I have mine out, ready to go, lined up, easy for them to see. And then the guy opens one of the little ribbons, you know, that goes from post to post. And he goes, you, you, you come this way. You're the good travelers. The good travelers get to go over here because you guys had your passports and boarding passes out. And he takes us out of what's going to be like an hour of snaking lines and puts us like next in line. And I I was like, I almost wanted to be like a kid and show, say to all the people in line. I mean, a lot of people in line like, na, 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 na. I'm a good traveler and you're not. So I had booked a quote-unquote junior suite in Roatan because I'd been there before not that long ago, and I didn't have a refrigerator or a coffee maker, and I was kind of really far down the beach from where the good snorkeling was, and because my knee is still recovering, I thought I would like to be closer to where the good snorkeling is, but I booked the quote-unquote junior suite because it had a coffee maker and a refrigerator. So uh, I get to the hotel, and you try not to be like a whiny, whiny traveler, right? But there are certain things you expect in a room and of a junior suite. Now, granted, when I say junior suite, this hotel room was still, it's a developing country, so it's not that expensive. So uh, I was getting a junior suite for much less than the price of a hotel at the airport in the United States. So anyway, but I'm in the room and I, I just got there and there's sliding glass doors out onto a nice big balcony, which is nice on the second floor, but I cannot get, not only can I not lock the sliding glass doors, I can't get them to shut like an inch on either side, either side, both of the doors move. And I was like, oh, and I'm trying, I'm trying, I tried for a long time. And I finally went and got the woman who checked me in. And I'm like, the sliding glass doors 
do not shut, let alone lock. And then the safe doesn't work. So like, you're basically just leave anybody could come in here. She's like, nobody's getting up on the second floor. And I said, well, there's a roof right here, right next to it. So it's not like somebody would have to, it'd be, it would be easy for someone to get up on the balcony. And she's like, um, well, we're probably not going to get it fixed. So um, you have a stick in your room so you can put the stick in the, where it slides. And I said, yeah, but the other door is open. So then the one door will shut, but the other door isn't even shut, let alone lock. And she goes, well, maybe tomorrow we can put a latch on the outside. And I said, well, if you put a latch on the outside, that defeats the purpose, because then again, anybody can get in. But basically, it wasn't going to get fixed. And it's a developing country. And I tell myself, okay, all right. So I was concerned about somebody getting in. So I had to like, put money behind artwork and in light fixtures, just getting creative. (laughs) hiding things in case somebody gets in. And, um, you know, in my suite that I can't shut the doors. And then there wasn't a, a key to the door. And there was a, just a code like you would do, like when you're looking at houses, real estate. Anyway, there's a code, but the code wouldn't work. It would take me like five times to get in the room, seven times to get it to lock on the outside. And then to top it off, again, I don't want to be the whiny traveler, but there was a cat a stray cat that every time I I was upstairs, you know, so I'd go upstairs trying to get the lock, trying to get the lock. So the cat's just waiting. (laughs) That sounds like a dog. But the cat wants to get in because it's I have air conditioning. It's cool in there. It wants to come in. But I was nervous about the cat coming in because I don't know if the cat has fleas. Like the first time the cat came in, first thing it did was go snuggle on the bed. And you're thinking, oh, Oh, what is, what if the cat has, who knows what the cat has? And then I couldn't get the cat. The cat did not want to leave because the cat likes it in there. And so I didn't know if I could pick up the cat because I didn't know if it would bite me or scratch me. But this cat, <laughs> every time I was trying to get in the room with the lock, was just waiting with bated breath to run in there. And I finally did realize I could pick it up because I also didn't want to leave it like when I went snorkeling for hours. So what if it has to go to the bathroom and it's in the room. Anyway, so I was able to do it, but I was like, okay, my junior suite comes with a cat. Okay, so I had So a flight from Lima to Atlanta, must have been about maybe 15 years ago when we were still doing customs and immigration cards, okay? So, you know, I get on the PA, we're I think like maybe about 45 minutes before landing, so I make the PSA, you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a visa, you need to fill out the white form plus a a customs card. And if you're, you know, have an essay, you need to green with the customs card. So I'm doing the forms, I'm doing the forms, and I come up to this girl and I ask her, so which form do you need? And she looks at me and she's about to cry. And she says, I, senorita, she says, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I'm sorry for what? She says, I don't have a visa. And I'm like, you don't have a visa? So I'm thinking to myself, okay, she doesn't have a visa. How is she on this flight? She says, would you please, please, could you just please take a MasterCard? (laughs) And I told, I looked at her. I walked away. I went to go laugh. I came back and I said, honey, I said, I'm talking about a tourist visa. (laughs) 
The snorkeling is great in Roatan, and I go pretty far out. And um, one of the things I like about Roatan as an island is that there's good snorkeling right from the shore, so you don't have to take a boat out. Um, so anyway, I'm snorkeling pretty far out and watching fish, having a good old time. And then I see two legs hanging down with like, and feet. And I popped my head up because I was like, what is this? Because I was pretty far out. It's a guy on like a surfboard slash kayak with a paddle. And um, I had popped my head out and he goes, Jolly Roger. And I said, what? You know, because I got my mouth thing. <laughs> and he's like, Jolly Roger. A- and I'm thinking, does he is he asking if I want to get on his surfboard kayak thing? And so I, I took my my snorkel out of my mouth and I said, no, thank you, because I didn't know what the Jolly Roger question was. And he goes, are you on the Jolly Roger catamaran? And I'm like, I, I hesitated for a second because it's like, that'd be kind of fun. You can't, t- everybody's wet. You can't tell what people look like when they're snorkeling with a snorkel mask on. I could have said yes and gotten on this fancy catamaran but then they might have left somebody you know they were counting people and then I really the reason I didn't because I thought it could have been good a good story for the podcast how I I hitchhiked onto a catamaran and then I was waiting to see if anybody would notice me but this is what I'm thinking I can think pretty fast you know as he's looking at me and um but then my big thing was I don't know where they started this Jolly Roger catamaran and then I'm gonna have to get back (laughs) So then I said, no, no, I'm just snorkeling. And he was like, okay. Because <laughs> he's probably thinking, where'd you come from then? Because I was pretty far out. Sometimes there are flights where I do a lot of internal swearing. Yes, internal swearing. I smile on the outside, but on the inside, I'm saying, crap, crap, crap. Mother, uh, uh. she I'm just swearing. So I was doing a Rome trip and our flight attendant lounge is downstairs and there's an elevator. But if there's a flight boarding, you're not allowed to use it because it's the international. They can't risk somebody, a passenger getting in the elevator. So they shut it down. So very often you have to carry your suitcase and your carry-on bag up and down the stairs. Now my knee is doing much better, but the stairs are still difficult. And I'm, it's probably a mental thing and I'll probably just have to get over it once I get more confident. But I'm not that confident about going up and down stairs carrying two heavy bags every other step the way you're supposed to. So I kind of do what I used to do, which is just one step at a time. I'm just one step in it. <laughs> I just, uh, my bags are heavy. So anyway, uh, so we're about to go to Rome and the elevator's not working. So internally, I'm saying crap, crap, F, F, mother, F, crap. But that's okay. It's been happening. That's fine. So, um, then we had a very difficult flight. Sometimes flights are just difficult. It was a difficult flight. I was very tired and we're deplaning and I get up to the boarding door and there's no jetway. There's stairs. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm swearing, crap, 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 mother, F, <laughs> but okay. I get, 
you know, because there are always big stairs that go on the plane. Okay, carrying my bags down the stairs, one step in it. Okay. Then we have to take a bus. The bus takes a long time to get there. Okay. Uh, in Rome, it's a really long walk, but that's fine. Walking's fine. And you go out one concourse, and then we have to go back in the airport because the van picks us up outside another concourse. And we get to where there's usually an escalator that's up like three flights of stairs, and the escalator's broken. And there's no elevator. And I am now just, mother, crap, mother, three flights of stairs on my every bags. I am so tired now. Then the drive, because there's a lot of traffic, and we had to wait for the van. Now we're late. And now it takes us two hours to get to the hotel. And um, I was just like, mm. here, I wanted to go back to work so bad. <laughs> and now I'm thinking, crap, let me just stay home for a little bit longer. Anyway, um, but this is the kicker. This is now where I'm really swearing. It's a pretty nice, it's a nice hotel in Rome. I've been there. It's very nice. I like it. I get my key, go to my room, open the door. And what's in my room? What's in my room? A flight of stairs. There's a flight of stairs in my hotel room. I have been flying a long time. I think I've had a flight of stairs in my hotel room like three times in my entire career. And when I have a bum knee and my knee is really tired, there's a flight of stairs in the hotel room. What are the chances? And so you don't think about how often. So the bathroom is downstairs. The bedroom is upstairs. Where you put your suitcase is downstairs. Not a big room, but it has a flight of stairs. You don't think about how many times, because it's just how often you walk around your hotel room is now each time is up and down the stairs. And I was like, crap, 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 mother. I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon, and a lot of us buy stuff on Amazon. You can click through my website, BettyInTheSky.com, through any of the Amazon links. It doesn't cost you any more, and it supports the show. And I like to see what people buy. Somebody bought a boundary condenser microphone, kind of right up my alley. Somebody else bought a Top Gun Halloween costume timely. And then this is actually quite interesting because I've been seeing these on the plane a lot lately. There's this thing called Airfly. I think there's a few different brands, but it's a little thing you stick into the screen in front of you on the airplane. And then um, it transmits the Bluetooth to your uh, earbuds or AirPods or whatever you have. So you don't have to have a cord between you and the screen in front of you on the airplane. And I saw something, it's like a little white thing that sticks, hangs down, and I asked somebody about it, and then as soon as I found out what it was, all of a sudden I was thinking, well, see, and there's one, and there's one, and there's one, and I think you can get one, and it transmits to two different, so like if you're traveling with somebody else, and I think they're like $30 or something, it's a pretty good deal. Anyway, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, just think about going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. Click through the Amazon links, and I thank you so very much. When Maya went missing at the Atlanta airport, Paula put out a plea for help on social media. Robin saw the post and volunteered to help. She lives around the Atlanta airport. So she puts up these signs around the Atlanta airport. Almost three weeks later, she gets a call in the middle of the night from this man. Al Lewis, he's a FedEx worker. He says, hey, I saw your signs, and I think I saw that dog. Robin races to FedEx and spends what amounts to almost 24 hours trying to get Maya. 
she finds this FedEx manager and says, hey, will you help me find Maya on the property? And he's like, yeah, we'll take a look. So the manager, Norris Champion, involves some of his other colleagues and they find the dog and they send Robin this picture. So Robin takes the picture to airport officials and they're like, okay, lady, you're legit now. We see the dog is on the property and they mount a full response and take Robin onto the tarmac to get Maya. Delta, which lost the dog, flew Paula's mom to Atlanta to get the dog and she flew Maya back to the Dominican Republic and reunited her with Paula. That is the woman who rescued Maya the dog who had gone missing for 22 days at the International Airport in Atlanta. No one thought this would happen. Robin Allgood is her name. She is all good. And she texted this picture to Maya's owner, Paula Rodriguez. Watch. After a few days in Roatan, I took a ferry to a little island called Utila. I'd always wanted to check it out, never had. It's less developed. They don't have cars. Everybody's on scooters. It has a more adventurous feel to it. I, I really liked it, actually. I would definitely go back there. And I was staying at this very nice hotel, and um, still, I booked it because it said it had a coffee maker and then again no coffee maker (laughs) and a cat there was a cat that kept coming into this room also and I basically just went with it I wasn't fighting it anymore I just I bought cat food and um I just decided that when in Honduras every room comes with a cat (laughs) anyway so I get to this hotel and uh, it's very nice, very nice hotel, um, very nice room, very artsy. And I arrived on a tuk-tuk, another guy, because, you know, the ferry, that's really one of the only ways to get there. There's probably a little flight, but most people come on the ferry. Another guy must have been, I hadn't seen him on the ferry, and he must have gotten off the ferry. And now he's arriving also in another tuk-tuk. And we go, and the hotel owner is giving us like a rundown of the hotel and what's, you know, what's where and different restaurants. And the other guy says, uh, well, I'm going to be staying a month. Oh, and he's talking and talking. And I'm assuming that the hotel owner knows that we're not together. But then he said, uh, the the guy, the owner is like, well, are you going to rent a car? And he says, uh, no, I'll probably wait till my fiance gets here. And now the hotel owner, who's gay, is looking at me like, what kind of situation's going on here? You know, like, well, are you going to leave once the fiance comes? Is this like a thruple? Or he's like looking back and forth. And then I said, uh, we're not together. And he's like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he just assumed we were together. He assumed uh, like this was my husband. But you can't drink the water in these places, and I don't even brush my teeth. I use bottled water to brush my teeth. I'm just not taking any chances because, you know, if you start puking, um, you're miserable. And so our rooms were right next to each other to my husband, quote unquote, husband. And I could hear him puking over there. He puked and puked and puked and puked. And I was thinking, he's probably thinking I'm having a month here. Ah. <laughs> so 
know, while I was on this trip, I had dinner with a couple different people. And sometimes when I say I had dinner, we weren't at the same table. But like at one time on Roatan, there was a nice couple from Texas. And uh, they started talking or I started talking. I don't know. Somebody started talking. And we talked the whole way through dinner. But they sat at their table across from me and I sat at mine. But basically, we had dinner together and I saw them the next day. Very nice. And so then when I got to Utila, my first night there, I went to this restaurant and there was a father and son who were diving. And we started chatting and we chatted the whole way through dinner. And sometimes in these places, it takes them a long time. So it was kind of a long dinner. I'm talking to this father and son and they go, oh, yes. After this, we're going to Roatan, and we booked a junior suite. They were staying at the same hotel that I was staying at. So I told, I said, you're probably going to be in my room because I had the quote unquote junior suite. (laughs) And the sliding glass doors don't lock and the safe doesn't work. And it's very difficult to get the code to the room. And there's a cat, but don't get that upset about the cat and you can pick it up. Like if you need to get it out of there, but that cat's going to come running in every time. And I said, oh, and guess what? This will be fun for you Uh, at breakfast. So I had dinner with these couple people. And then I had breakfast a couple days with there was a woman, a single woman traveling by herself. She was British, but she had a friend there, but she was staying at the hotel. And so uh, cut to the days we had. uh, It was a very good breakfast, Um, but she was artsy. I liked her a lot. And uh, the first time I had breakfast with her, um, I said to her, I said, oh, hey, did you see the bats last night? There were bats at the hotel. And I said, I think that's fun. So I was trying to get a picture of them, but I'm going to try to get there tonight to um, see. They, they Like at sunset, you, the bats were flying around. And I want to see if I can get a good picture of them this time. And she says to me, did you just bring up bats to me? And I was thinking, yeah, because there were bats flying around. And she goes, it's just very unusual that you would bring up bats to me because I'm working on a TV show about bats. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and then she she and I are having a bat conversation. And um, the TV show is going to be called Bat Shit. It's cute. And uh, so now I'm sitting at dinner with these two guys who are going to be going to my hotel. And she was going to be staying there. because She was staying for like almost two weeks, uh, I think. And um and you can't miss her. She had like um, short platinum blonde hair. And I said, oh, hey, guess what? When you go to breakfast, there'll be a woman there with platinum short blonde hair and bring up bats to her. <laughs> you know, she's going to be like, did you just bring up bats to me? <laughs> yeah, so I was on a flight going I, once again from Atlanta to Lima. And I was at the boarding door. So I go back with the paperwork. And this really nice guy stops me. And he says, Miss, he says, I just have to tell you. He says, your eyes are so beautiful. They're just breathtaking. I'm like, oh, really? Thank you so much. He says, where did you get them? He says, did you get them from your mom or your dad's side? And I looked at him. And I said, oh, I got my eyes from Vision Works. And he just laughed. So uh, after I got back from Roatan, my sister was visiting, and we had um, had dinner, and we were going to take a walk around where I live because there can be a lot of wildlife, but it started raining, so we went back to my place. Uh, I was in front of her. She was behind me, and I opened the door, and I stopped. Now, I don't scream. I'm not a screamer. I get scared silent. And 
she says later that you just stopped and started breathing weird. And she's like, what is it? And I said, there's a snake. And then she was thinking, what? So she stuck her head around and she was like, there's a snake in your kitchen. It was a copperhead, an 18-inch copperhead in the kitchen, in the kitchen. (laughs) I'm sorry, I never even thought about, I've had geckos and frogs in my last place, even crabs. It never even occurred to me that a poisonous snake could get in the house. A poisonous snake in the house. I'm just like staring. And how lucky was I that my sister was there, because normally I'm by myself. So uh, she goes, do you have a shovel? And I said, yeah, I have a shovel, but are you going to do something with the shovel? Because I was thinking, I don't want to try to kill it with the shovel. I don't want to try to get it out with the shovel. And what are the chances of you getting it on a shovel? And she's like, just open the door and get me the shovel. And I'll be like, I'll be happy to get you a shovel. <laughs> so she got it under there. It went off one side. It went off the other side. It hissed at her. And then she said, I got it. Move out of the way. And I'm thinking, I will move out of the way. And she flung it. And my neighbor just happened to be coming home at the time, (laughs) who has a little dog. (laughs) And I said, oh, my God, there was a copperhead in the kitchen. And she goes, so you killed it? And my sister goes, no, I didn't kill it. I love animals. And my neighbor goes, well, what'd you do with it? And my sister said, I flung it that way, (laughs) which is to her house. (laughs) I was afraid. (laughs) We had a board meeting um, the next week, and I was afraid that she was going to say, and she threw a snake at me. One of the things, positive things, about hurting my knee and being off work for a while is I met a lot more people in my community. The same people would be at the pool in the morning, and I'd like to hear the stories. And so this woman said, uh, the one, I, one of the ones I really like, she says, uh, oh, so. There were two police cars on my street last night. And we were all like, oh, what were the police cars there for? And she goes, the, my neighbor called the police and some said someone broke in her house. And we're in a gated community. And we're all like, somebody broke in her house? Oh, ooh, ooh, everybody's all, the pool was a buzz. That somebody broke into somebody's house. And she said, um, yes. So she told the police when they got there that somebody broke into her house ate a plate of spaghetti, and did the crossword puzzle. (laughs) The police had sent two cars. She said her house was broken into. And then they get there, and she says, somebody broke in, ate a plate of spaghetti, and did the crossword puzzle. Can somebody say Ambien? (laughs) Or drinking too much? Or uh, I don't know any thieves that make a plate of spaghetti. But the more important thing is that they did the crossword puzzle. (laughs) Somebody call the spaghetti police. I mentioned in a previous episode that I'm planning this big trip in November next month to the Falkland Islands with a few days in Patagonia in uh, Punta Arenas. And I'm very excited about this trip. But this is one of those places that is just not an easy place to visit and not an easy place to book anything. Uh, it's kind of like going back in time, but I find that all exciting. I like going to the out of the way places. And, um, so I'm planning this trip and I had mentioned before there, 
airline that goes to the little island. So I'm going to go to two. I'm going to stay in the main city of Stanley, which is the smallest and most remote capital city in the world. And then I'm going to fly to these two other little islands. And I think I mentioned before, so I had read and I got the same thing. So I've now booked these flights, which I had to call. And this is a funny thing about booking the flights. They said, well, you need to weigh yourself in the clothes you're going to be wearing that day. And I was like, okay. So you're only allowed 30 total pounds for luggage, including like a camera or a cell phone. Everything has to weigh 30 pounds. So I'm going to want to wear the heavy thing. So here I am <laughs> putting on hiking boots and ski pants and a winter coat <laughs> and weigh myself. And now I'm booked on these little flights, but they don't tell you the time of the flights until the day before you have to listen to the local radio station. And it's like, oh, Okay. And the other thing that's, uh, I'm actually buying a ticket. I don't normally buy tickets on other airlines, but get this, there's one flight once a week. Well, maybe two. So there's one flight from Punta Arenas, Chile to the Falkland Islands once a week. And then there's one military British flight from England once a week. So I was thinking, well, so if you work at the Falkland Islands airport, you have Two flights a week, two flights coming in and out. So is that a full-time job? I don't know. <laughs> Another thing that I think is interesting is they serve this thing called Smoko. And, uh, you know, you use British pounds, so it's pretty much British there. And I guess Smoko is kind of like British tea because it says, oh, they serve homemade cakes and biscuits with tea and coffee. And, and it's served with something called diddle-dee jam and tea-berry jam. <laughs> it all sounds like fun to me. One of the other things is I had trouble booking. I actually started to get really worried that I wasn't going to be able to book any hotels because there's only like one place to stay on an island. And there's one hotel in Stanley. There's one motel and a couple Airbnbs. But this is the time of year to go. So I was calling places and they were totally booked. I tried, get this, I tried to book this place that is supposed to have really good wildlife, this island. I, the room that I was trying to book, you have to share. I'm sorry, listen to this. You have to share with seven other people, kind of like a hostel. yet to bring all your own food. And the thing was not cheap, even though you're having to share a room with seven people. It's like $120 a night. And get this, they are totally booked. They emailed me back. Oh, yeah, we're totally booked for November, December, January. <laughs> Anyway, I'm excited about my trip and I will tell you more about it because the next podcast will be before I go on the trip and then the podcast after that, I'll be able to tell you all about it. So that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. She's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why not come along? Seat belts are fastened for takeoff, and the signal is strong. Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird. Wonderful.
she's a podcast queen.